Remember the Da Vinci Code? Remember how controversial that book was when it came out? I was in high school at the time, and although I hadn't read it, I was forced to talk about it, often. Because I'm a lifelong Christian, and my classmates from my last year of high school were very much not. And the Da Vinci Code, spoiler alert, insinuates that Jesus had a sexual relationship with Mary Magdalene, as proven by Leonardo da Vinci's painting, The Last Supper. And I remember one of the conversations I was forced to have about the Da Vinci Code concluded with me asking the person I was talking to, you do know that it's a work of fiction, right? And she responded, you would say that, wouldn't you, since you're a Christian? I don't think she had read it either. The thing is, Mary Magdalene did have a very special relationship with Jesus, And it seems to be our culture's blind spot that we cannot allow for a special relationship between two people in which there is no sex. I mean, Disney over-sexualized the relationship between two dogs in The Lady and the Tramp, and that was back when American culture was still at least pretending to be prudish. And now, the store where I get my camping supplies has to splatter all over their advertising how supportive they would be if I decided to have sex with other guys. Like, why do we have to sexualize my decision about where to buy a waterproof lighter with a compass in the stock? And why do we have to sexualize Mary Magdalene's relationship with Jesus? Especially when her relationship with Jesus was already so special. Adding sex to a relationship only improves that relationship if that relationship is marriage. Adding sex ruins all other relationships. Why would we want to ruin Mary's relationship with her Lord? At some point in Jesus' ministry, he cast seven demons out of Mary Magdalene. Seven demons. Do you think it was maybe pretty natural for her to have some admiration for Jesus after that? As natural as it can be for a sinner to have faith in God her Savior, I guess, which is to say totally supernatural and still exactly what you would expect. Mary Magdalene joined the disciples immediately and permanently. Of all the Marys in the Gospels, she's the only one about whom we don't know her kids' names, or her husband's name, or any of her other relationships, probably because she had only had a relationship with seven demons up to that point, which must have made her other relationships rather difficult. And after being rescued from them, she was committed to following Jesus. And like the other Marys, that commitment put her at the foot of the cross, watching her rescuer suffer, and probably not understanding completely that his suffering was rescuing her yet again from something worse than demons, from hell itself. And as John tells it, Mary Magdalene got to be the first person to discover the empty tomb and report to the disciples, and then see her rescuer risen from the dead. And maybe the first thing Jesus' resurrected vocal cords said was, Woman, why are you crying? And because of her tears, and maybe also because of visible glory, she wasn't quite able to recognize him until he spoke her name. And she called Rabboni, which means, 
my teacher, because that's the kind of special relationship she had with him. And he told her not to hang on to him yet, that he had stuff to do before she would get to touch the scars in his hands and side later that night, along with the other people who had that same relationship with him, but did not make her relationship to him any less special. I mean, isn't it obvious that insinuating things about special relationships means missing the very things that make the relationship special? That there's no modern lens through which to view the relationship between Jesus and Mary Magdalene that doesn't cheapen it. That if we let the relationship be what God tells us it was, then we get to see how special their relationship was and that we have the exact same relationship and it is no less special because of that. Jesus is our rescuer too. And because of that, we too get to be witnesses to all that Jesus has done for us. And that is the best possible relationship to have with Jesus, to be rescued by him and to be witnesses to his rescuing. I guess the truth isn't as interesting as the fiction that the Da Vinci Code was selling, but it is infinitely more comforting. And you know what? I already take that back about the truth being less interesting because the truth has sold many more copies than all other books and it's still a bestseller, whereas I had to remind you about a book that came out when I was in high school and everyone has now forgotten. So take that, Dan Brown. And if you'll excuse me, I have to go peel some rainbow stickers off of a camp lighter with a compass in the stack. I'm not bitter about it. You and I are dust and breath, loved by God, bought by Jesus. This podcast is written and produced by me, Ethan Cherney, a Wells pastor serving our Savior Lutheran Church in Pomona, California. Get in touch on Facebook at Dust and Breath Pod, on Twitter at Dust Breath Pod, or by emailing dustandbreathpod at gmail.com. Outro music arranged and performed by Mr. Peter Shewey, who is like an olive tree flourishing in the house of God. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe. And if you could leave a review in iTunes or just share an episode on social media, I'd really appreciate it. It's the only way other people can find the show. Now, go do what God made you to do. Be who God called you to be. Go see what God can do with dust and breath and faith in Jesus, his son.